You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and everyone here at Radio Maria Canada. Thank you for joining us. We're very happy that you took time out of your day to be here. Today's show is being recorded, so no opportunity for calling in. We would love for you to follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on those three locations. And do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you have any suggestions for show topics, any questions you'd like to pose to us, or just want to say hello. We'd love to hear from you. And also, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify all your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find the recordings of all of our podcasts on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. Today, we have an interesting conversation about the physical and mental aspects of job searching, of changing careers, of looking for employment. It's not a topic that gets a lot of attention, but for anybody who has been in the realm arena of searching for a job, and especially as things have changed so dramatically over the last little while, you know that there is a lot of pressure, stress, and unknowns that are tied into the whole process. So today we have an expert in the field. Her name is Tiffany Franklin, and she is spending time with us to talk about all those things. Tiffany has dedicated her career to helping people conceptualize and implement strategies for an effective and efficient job search. Since 1998, Tiffany Franklin has worked at three university career centers, UPenn, Vanderbilt, and Drexel, and spent time as a recruiter for an international creative staffing firm. In 2011, she launched a side executive career consulting practice and has advised over a thousand global clients across industries with a significant portion working for Fortune 500 employers. Her specialties include career exploration, job search strategies like identifying opportunities, Uh, covering resumes and cover letters, LinkedIn profiles, bios, mock interviews, evaluating and negotiating offers, as well as leadership development. Vanderbilt University named Tiffany Franklin one of their career coaches for alumni in 2014, and she has led several webinars on all aspects of the job search. Last year, Tiffany transitioned her side business, TJF, Career Coaching LLC into her full-time job, and she launched her podcast, Job Search Strategies with Tiffany Franklin, in June of 2021. 
Tiffany earned a Bachelor of Arts with honors in psychology from Vanderbilt University and a Master of Science in Education from the University of Pennsylvania. We cover a lot of different things today, including how to be mentally and physically prepared for a job interview, why value alignment should be a part of the job search process, and why having the right mindset is essential in the interview process as well. So please do stay tuned with us. It's a really interesting conversation, and especially if you are in the active processing search for a job, or if you are thinking of a career search, career change, this might be something that you really value. So everybody, we will talk to you in a few minutes when we bring Tiffany Franklin on. So I will not be afraid. 
Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, today's show is being taped. Uh, we would love you to follow us on our social sites. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all locations. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kathy. I'm glad to be here. Well, as we just talked about off-air, talking about um, you know, employment, searching for a job, and actually the mental health space, the physical health space is really something that is seldom talked about, and it's something that you're cultivating, and I think it's very worthwhile to have a great discussion about this. How did you come to be in, you know, how did you connect these two very different worlds? Well, I think it was from my own background. I went to Vanderbilt and was a psychology major. So that's always wellness and um, has always been part of my interest. And then I received my master's in counseling from the University of Pennsylvania. So even though I dedicated my career to helping other people get jobs, I feel like wellness is such an inherent part of that. Even myself, I transferred graduate schools and I remember how stressful that process is and just not knowing where you're going to be in six months. And not that we ever really know, but just not having that firm sense of it can be so disorienting. So I think, you know, one of the big things for the job search is that you are marketing yourself to these employers. And the thing is, you have to believe in yourself if you're going to be able to convince others of what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. And first impressions are huge when you are being interviewed for a job. Oh, for sure. I mean, basically, from the time you step out of your car, your Uber, or however you, the bus, however you get there, everybody you meet from the parking attendant to when you're checking in downstairs or Zoom, I mean, everyone you come in contact with is part of that impression that you're making. And oftentimes I will see job seekers, especially if it's gone on for a while or they've had, I mean, everybody has had so much going on. 
in their lives. And I think we need to give ourselves some grace and recognize this, but then also remember what do we have to offer? Because it's so easy to be hard on yourself, but it's much more difficult to think, okay, what is it that I can bring to the table? And too often job seekers, they want to say, here's everything about me and here's the bad, let me explain it away and please love me. Where instead, one of the things I teach people is how to think about what's the job you want, what do you have to bring to it, and then how can you show that everything you've been doing has been leading you to this point? It's leveraging a lot of transferable skills, which I think people sometimes think you have to have exactly what that job is looking for, but there are so many soft skills that people need. You must have seen a lot of change going through your career. Uh, I, you know, when I look back, maybe, maybe when I was looking for a job, it was ticking off the boxes of what could, what needed to be done. And then, as the the level of sort of book knowledge, you know, there's so many people that have the same book knowledge, and then it's the other components that employers started to look at. I found that that really evolved. Um, And now that we're into this space where perhaps interviews are being conducted um, virtually as we are talking now, how have you had to evolve and what has been your experience with the evolution of the job search and the preparation just in your period of time? Well, Kathy, that is such a great question. I mean, I've been doing this for 23 years. So I started right out of grad school when I was 24. And what surprised me so much is just in my first job right after I graduated, it was a good market. I was fortunate. I accidentally networked. I didn't know that's what I was doing. I was just talking to my graduate professor or director of my program, people in my small group. And I got a job that way um, at Drexel through hearing about it. And then it was funny because I thought when I was that age, oh, as I get older and get more experience, it'll get so much easier. And it was actually the opposite. I found over the years, I've had to go through many more rounds of interviews, which to your point is how it's been evolving. And I really think it all traces back to around 2000 when everything went online for the job search around 99. And then it was the democratization of the job search, which is great because it meant that you could apply from anywhere. But then that also meant that every job posting was getting so many more um, applications. So that led to where employers started to use software, this applicant tracking software that parses through resumes based on keywords. So you're not even being seen by a human person in the beginning. You have to get through this system. And a lot of people don't understand how to do that. And that just adds a whole added layer stress. And then as you said, the um, now the interviews are on Zoom, which in some ways is easier, in some ways is harder. And even, you know, they're doing this higher view where many of times these are asynchronous, meaning that it's not even a real person on the other side. They have pre-recorded questions and then you have 48 hours to go through and record your answers to four questions. So that's not only regular interview prep, but on top of that specifically preparing for this platform. You have to acquire skills to interview properly beyond the job that you're looking for. 
Exactly. And I think that one of the biggest misconceptions is people think, oh, well, I'm a people person. I'm going to do great at an interview. And I'll tell you, I mean, that can help you. But I know plenty of people who like their solitude who can be great at interviewing. It's a very specific skill and you want to practice it. I mean, now me being a career coach, I've worked at um, an Ivy League university for six years, helping students find jobs. I worked at Vanderbilt for seven years. And of course, you get very meta when you're a career coach sitting in a room of other career coaches interviewing to be one. (laughs) And I studied for that interview. I had, let's see, there were 14 people people in a room. And I think I studied for that one for a week. Like I wrote down questions and I made the mistake back then. I mean, I got the job, so it worked out, but I wrote down all my answers. Now, what I tell my clients to do, you want to write down some potential questions and then put keywords to the answers and then practice saying it aloud because this is not the Gettysburg address. You're not trying to memorize something for fifth grade history. It's, it's yourself. So what we want to do is, and this is an exercise I have my clients do, um, and I can give you this exercise for your show notes, but basically it's the greatest hits where you take all these competency areas. Maybe it's leadership, problem solving. Um, how do you work, collaborate in a team? Um, and it can also be some harder skills such as working with a specific computer program or maybe engineering or IT. And then you come up with these success stories and they should only be two, you know, 90 seconds, two minutes long. And I use the CAR method, which is challenge action results. So what was the challenge you encountered? What were the actions you faced? And what were the positive results? So what I do is have my clients um, look at the types of jobs they're looking for. What are the competencies? You know, some of those job descriptions are one paragraph. Some of them go three pages. But for the most part, you could probably pull out different skills that they're looking for and then come up with these success stories keyword them out, and then practice saying them. That way, when they're asking you questions, I mean, you always want to think about, okay, what are they asking me? But you'll have all these great success stories of you in action that you can share with them. That's fascinating that, you know, things are so complicated when it comes to getting a job. How, how can you, you know, you've got to prep for the interview, for the job. I mean, the, the stress levels are, um, you know, they, they get as, as, as with social media, like you said, people can, so many people can apply for a, a job now. So you've got the big pool of people with one job, which is stressful in and of itself when you're a person applying for a job. How do you protect, not just protect yourself in the mental space when you're in the do- job search arena, but how do you prepare yourself mentally when you're walking into that interview? Sure. So I think there's a few things just for the job search itself. I think you want to contextualize the process and understand that your future is not dependent on any one job. There are many pathways to success and many definitions of success. So I think taking, you know, we're not I love my instant pot for cooking, but I don't want to put my career and all my future in like that as far as the pressure cooker of this all. So it's like we got to release the pressure a little bit. And another thing is, you know, when I work with clients, strategizing up front is the biggest thing you can do because I think. When you're in a place of fear, you have this nervous energy. And I've 
talked to so many clients who they've been applying here. And it's kind of this haphazard, stress-laden process, which I know it's going to be stressful regardless, but I think there's a way that you can come at it by making strategy in the beginning, and then it can ease yourself. So first, I always ask, how soon do you need to get a job? How much runway is there? Because a a typical job search, it can take a few months. But if somebody needs to get something tomorrow, then they could look at maybe a temporary staffing agency, which could help them make some money in the meantime, or a site like Upwork. That's how I got my start with my side executive coaching business, connecting with clients around the world, freelancing. So as we look at their situation and see, okay, what do we need right now? Or are can you stay at your job for a little longer as you're looking and assess that? So how much you know runway do we have? Then we look at what are the main places that you want to go? Because I think one of the big problems people will do, they think they're being helpful when, you know, we always say networking is big, but they'll tell people, I'll take anything anywhere. But people don't know what to do with that. So, you know, as you take care of this stress, it's taking a little time to figure out what do you want in a job? What don't you want? And then maybe coming up with, I have sometimes people come up with four verticals. Say you're a career changer and you've been a project manager, but you don't necessarily want to do that. Maybe you want to do something more in marketing, but then they need a job quickly. So may, may have one vertical where they're doing project management searches just to have something out there, give them choices. Then we're doing another version of the resume that highlights the marketing. And then we'll do a spreadsheet to track everything that they've been doing. And I think, you know, as we go through, there's a few different things. You want to make sure that you are taking time out for yourself. So a lot of people, it's meditation can be helpful. Um, many people, I know it's been helpful for me turning to my faith and prayer when I've gone through periods of transition. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Um, activity. And it doesn't have to be hardcore. Okay. I'm doing a job search. I'm going to do a boot camp. I mean, it can just be a walk along the block Um, time with your pet time with those you love. Um, You don't have to be all job search all the time. That being said, I think it's important maybe set aside if you can two hours in the evening, even if it's just one hour a day, but if you can do a little more time, that's great. See if you can turn your phone to silent. Um, Try not to go down the social media rabbit hole. Um, Although I will say LinkedIn is my favorite um, source for jobs, that job board. But, you know, I can find myself reading the articles and I'm like, no, okay, let me focus on the jobs here. Now, the, the thing that has come, you know, just when, when my guests come on, there's always something that sticks in the back of my mind. And I'm pulling this back from an earlier part of our conversation. Social media has really changed how we look for jobs. And is the personal aspect of, of meeting your potential employer, is that now a thing of the past? Like you can't woo somebody with your personality? 
Well, I think the access point can be a little tougher. You can, but you have to be savvy of how to get to that. So two ways come to mind. One, you know, on LinkedIn, when I look at job postings, sometimes it shows the person who has posted it. You know, it'll say their name. And so what I'll do is I'll send them a personalized message and I'll send them my resume and cover letter tailored to that job. But then I may, I'll look at, their LinkedIn background. Now, you know, I don't want to go stalk them on Facebook and ask them about how their vacation in Maui is. That'd be creepy. (laughs) But I can see if they went to the same college or even if, you know, I spent a lot of time in Philly and Nashville, even if they were at different schools, different companies, but if they were in Nashville, like, oh, it's always great to connect with another person who lived in Nashville. And, you know, I saw this job posting and I'm really, you want to have the why when you're connecting with them. And it doesn't have to be some huge huge message. It can just be, you know, look at that company's mission, look at, you know, how they describe what they're doing, because you want to show, you know, like I said, you know who you are, you know who they are, and you can show how those go together. I used to be a recruiter and you never want a recruiter to feel like, oh, I've applied to a hundred jobs and you're just the one that got back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why having a spreadsheet, I mean, even if you do apply to a hundred over time, you want that, you know, and I'm more of a quality, not quantity person. I I do think you have to cast a wide net. I recommend usually applying for a job a day um, to keep your pace up. But I will also use, I love this tool called jobscan.co. And if you go on my website, you can get a link to it. It it is affiliate link, but I was telling people, so I get a small um, commission if people click on it. But I mean, you can just go there without going through my site. What JobScan is, it emulates the applicant tracking systems utilized by these big companies and even medium companies. So what they will do, that software that will basically put your resume up against the job description. And it's so sensitive. You could be a project manager, but if you have project management on your resume, then it will not count it. If you have, one of the things I always tell people is no lonely years. So every date on your resume should have a month by it. And the reason that that is um, with these applicant tracking systems, if people just have years, I don't know why, but it'll deduct points off. And that's something that you Hmm. really want to be aware of. Also, you wanna make sure that you're quantifying as much as possible. Even putting at the top of your resume, seeking blank position at blank company, that will increase your match score because it will have the actual job title. There was, um, the so we're recording this in early October, there was an article yesterday that said robots are hiding 27 million workers uh, from employers who need them. And it was on MarketWatch and by Kerry Hannon. And I think this was such a great article talking about ghost and how it's, and it can be very insidious for people's self-esteem. But the thing is, and I often talk about like the first pancake theory, you know, remember that your first few applications, no matter how much work you put into them, often they don't really lead to anything, but that's just part of the process. So remember that do your best, spread a wide or cast a wide yet strategic net and just keep iterating. I mean, Read your, have somebody else also go back and read your resume because you're changing it from job to job. And, you know, 
I know my eyes autocorrect stuff. So you want to make sure somebody can just read it and say, oh, you forgot this word or something like that. Mm -hmm. You can't rely on autocorrect and all those things that are in word anymore. Exactly. But that site job scan that I told you about, you know, that will help you because it emulates those systems like Taleo and Workday. um, And it will show you which keywords you need. And the thing I say is, again, there's got to be the human aspect that you mentioned before. So networking is huge. You want to, I think it's 50% networking, 50% applying, because even when you're networking, you usually have to give your resume over. And at some point they will put it into the system. So I do want it to score high, but I always want it to be, tell the truth. So, you know, don't put, if you don't know a skill, I'd rather have a lower score than put something on my resume that they're going to ask me about that I don't know. But then there's that balance of if you can find people maybe through your university or clubs that you belong to or some friend of a friend who's working at a company and then have a chat with them. See, you know, you're not going to ask somebody you don't know, well, give me a job, but you could ask them about the culture of the company and get some insights that can help you with the interview. If they do know you well, they could refer you and that really could help. I mean, and this is where I think perspective comes in. There are so many confounding variables that you don't know. I mean, even if you have a really high match score on the resume, it could be, you know, an internal candidate. A lot of postings are just put up as an inform or as a formality. It could be that, you know, the funding was held off and then they'll have it later. So that's why you're spreading, you know, casting that wide net but talking to people, tracking your effort, but also just as you're taking some time each day to set aside for the job search, set aside time to think about how do I clear my head? How do I, you know, take some time for exercise? And one thing I love to have people do is write down five things that you have accomplished that you didn't think you could. And it could be anything, professional, personal, maybe it was doing a 10K or a marathon, getting a job, getting into school. Because once you do that, it becomes more normalized. And you think about, you know, I I think about when I was first trying to get into Vanderbilt. Well, after I was there for three years, that was, you know, that's just part of my life. But when I was still a senior in college, I remember to this day, the night before I was going to hear if I got in and how nervous I was. Mm -hmm. So I think as you go back to other things that you've accomplished, it can make you feel better that, hey, I've been through these periods before. It's even though it feels all consuming, it's not always going to be like this. This does not define me as a person and it's going to be okay. Well, things have changed so much. Um, You know, job searching is so much a process and so much, and it can, it can really take a toll on your, your mental health and your, you know, how you feel about yourself and your confidence. And, uh, you know, and we get back to journaling, we get back to cultivating positivity in our life. And journaling is such a powerful tool in so many different scopes of our lives. So I love that you have people doing that. When we come back after our break here, I want to get into aspects of looking for a job at different ages and how that can be impactful on uh, on our lives, be it family life, be it personal um, goals. So all of these things, we're going to talk about this and uh, so much more when we come back with Tiffany Franklin in just a few minutes. 
You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Hey everybody, we're in part two of our interview with Tiffany Franklin. And 
you know, I when, when I talk to somebody about, I'm, I'm doing this interview on job searches and well, how does that fit into health? Well, boy, oh boy, um, it really, really does. And you've brought that, that component of the job search, uh, you know, to the forefront, it can be taxing, it can be, you know, you're the mental health plays into the physical health too. You know, we have that gut brain connection and it can be demoralizing, I would imagine. And, you know, Tiffany, maybe talk to us about those aspects that you see in a person's preparation, like the aspects that you need to work on as far as preparation for a job. When you're working with someone, can you see that, oh, these, these, this, or this person needs a boost in this area? I really have to work on this aspect so that they're, they're comfortable in the job search process. Sure. And, you know, I have been fortunate to work at some of the best schools um, with Penn and then with Vanderbilt. And then in the 10 years that I was doing my side business, which is now my full-time business and executive coaching, the one thing that is a constant across all of the people I work with is how a lot of times when they come in, that fear, that anxiety when they are starting the search. And I think a lot of people don't talk about it because we see so much on social media about people putting them their best selves forward. And if people think, oh, well, everybody else is doing this. I am so far behind. And I can't tell you whether it's with the students I work with or people who have been working for 30 years. I think a lot of our you know, beginning work together is starting to talk about that and say, okay, how can we use self-talk to think about, I recognize this fear. This is part of the natural process, but maybe where am I being too hard on myself or why am I feeling this way? And that's where, you know, again, that journaling and the gratitude of thinking about the things that you do have working. But even back to when I was working with the students, we would call it where the students, they would talk about this theory of the ducks. So everybody else on the surface looks like ducks gliding across the water, all calm and serene. But underneath, they're, you know, paddling for their life. And that's what a lot of us feel like in the job search. And I think it can manifest itself in different ways. So when you're on campus and you're a student, you have to start job searching. You know, oftentimes students are starting nine months in advance. You know, August, September is a huge time to start looking for jobs for the following summer and or internships. And students at that point are very worried about not having enough experience. So in working with them, it's reminding them of what they have, you know, the experience from summer jobs, from activities, from internships, how to make the best of wherever they're starting at and make the most of opportunities. And again, remind them, no one job is going to define your life. Then as you get, you know, maybe into your late 20s, 30s, people start to have spouses. So it gets more complicated as they have, or, you know, even just partners and maybe children. So when they're thinking about, can I move across the country or can I go into this industry and money plays more into things with their financial responsibilities. Um, and then the job seekers maybe who have been working for a while who are over 50 and they're trying to think of, am I confronting ageism? How do 
I do that on my resume? So while there are some general things that I help job seekers at every stage with, being able to tell their success stories, having a strong resume, and uh, you know, being able to really articulate the value they deliver, there are different things at each stage. So for example, one thing that some of my seasoned job seekers kind of fight me on is really keeping your resume down to the past 15 to 20 years. Because if you put dates on there back from the 90s or the 80s, then that can really be at a disadvantage. And I know there's not supposed to be age discrimination, but we know there is. So I help those clients where we'll focus on their past 15 years, but then we will maybe allude to some of their earlier experience without putting the date in their career summary. So that's something I help them with. These people that are going through transitions, maybe they've been out of the job force for a while, helping take care of their children or being a caretaker. So how can we pull their um, caretaking experience or their volunteer experience to the forefront? How do we format that? And then again, going back to the younger job seekers, how can we help them cultivate that network when they're just starting out? Do you have people or is it... I guess it depends on who you're working with or maybe not. Do you ask people to align their values with their job search? That is one of my favorite exercises. And again, I can add that uh, to the show notes. There's one through the University of Pennsylvania Career Services where I used to work, which was a wonderful office. But basically what it does, it has about 30 different values that a job could encompass. So maybe, or even just aspects. So it's location. Is it making money? Is it something that's helping others? Is it being able to have autonomy and freedom? Is it being part of a team? And what I have the person do is go through this exercise, select five that are most important to them right now, and then rank order those. I have them do this at the beginning of the job search. And then at the very end, they come back to it as they are deciding among their offers because they want to make sure the values align. And what I love about this, it can change through your life. So what your values are when you're trying to get that first experience, and maybe you'll move across the country, and maybe you'll take a consulting job that you'll be traveling all the time. But then when you find yourself, you know, at 35, maybe your life looks a little different and you need to be there um, closer to home. And so different values are at the forefront. Do you find that in dealing with maybe entry level or the younger population of, of people that are looking for jobs, that perhaps their perspective of what they consider entry level doesn't align with what the reality of entry level is? Is this a bone of contention? Is this an area of, of um, mental breakthrough that some of these people have to go through? Yes. And that was something that I think I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, where some of these jobs will stay entry level, but then they will say, oh, you need five years of experience. So first of all, I think that's why we cast a wide net. And you may, that's why I say try to apply for one a day, because Apply to some of those. Your internships could be combined. So maybe you've had a few summers that if you put them all together, maybe it's a year and a half or maybe it's a year. 
And you never know what happens. If you are doing that keyword optimization, like through job scanner, some other way on your resume, and then you send it in, you send a cover letter, you try and network, you may get through the applicant tracking system better than a person who actually has five years experience, but didn't know to do that. And then if you network and try and connect with people at that company, and they may say, oh, you know, I've heard about this person. I think that's where the big disconnect is. And I think we're honestly maybe reaching a tipping point where the employers say they need so many people, so many job seekers need jobs, but then these systems are keeping good people out. And that's the frustration for everyone. So when you're applying, I like to keep a spreadsheet of everywhere I've applied to, the name of the company, the job title, date I applied, the URL of it, did I do a cover letter? Did I do um, the tracking and what was my job scan score? And I realized you can't do all of this for every job. We all have lives. There's only so many hours in the day. But basically what you're doing is putting a data analytics, um, kind of those principles to your job search. So you're learning and iterating as you go. So maybe you apply to some of those that say you need five years experience. You apply to others that truly are entry level. You know, you were looking for people that maybe have six months or that don't have experience. And then you start to see where am I getting called back? And it may take a couple of weeks to get these data points. And then as you see, well, you know, it made a difference um, optimizing the resume or the cover letter did, or, you know, some of these I wouldn't have applied otherwise. I just sent my resume and see what works and do more of that. No, I, I see uh, where, you know, you said we're reaching a tipping point and I understand the value of vetting out a thousand resumes, but the long and the short of it is in most situations, not all situations, of course, um, we are called upon to work with other humans or be alongside them or engage with them. And when you're not being interviewed and being um, sort of valued on your personality and your you know, the person that you are versus the credentials that you bring, that must be awfully difficult. And and I can see where it's difficult for people who are applying for a job. And I can see where sometimes employers may really miss the mark because all the boxes may be checked for what they're looking for, but this person doesn't bring an aspect of, of the social piece to the job. Do you find that happening? Oh, for sure. And I think it's frustrating for everybody all around. And that's where I said the tipping point was coming in. I think that everybody's going to have to reevaluate the process. And I don't know exactly what that answer is, but I know for my own self, when I was a recruiter, I was lucky. I actually just had the um, applications coming to me and it would take a while to go through them, but I found some fabulous people that way. I think this is where networking comes in. And so if you're looking for a job, see if there are any conferences. And, you know, right now there may be a lot of online conferences since we're still dealing with the pandemic, but you could try and connect with some people there or just even do what we call informational interviews. Talk to people about what they're doing and ask them, so what do you like about your job? What 
do you think is the most challenging part? How did you get in this? And again, for these people that you may not know very well, you know, maybe you can take them to coffee or just have a Zoom with them for a few minutes, but then think, is there ever anybody I can introduce them to? Because I think so much, we don't want networking to be just completely transactional. I like to look at it more like a research project where I'm trying to learn, but I'm also trying to see, can I connect people? And some of these people have become friends. And I think that if if you can kind of almost take the job application out of it, make the connections with people, and then as you're starting to look, let people know, well, you know, I am looking for a marketing communications role. If you ever hear of anything, you know, I hope you will consider me or something like that. And then that can help you get around that while you're still applying. So it's like you have all these different things going on and then you see which one will lead to your opportunity. I mean, I have in the course of my career had um, six professional jobs and I got half of them through networking and half of them just applying. Hmm. Now, the night before an interview, so you've got this interview, this is for your dream job and you're working with somebody who is, is preparing for their interview. Do you have a mental health checklist and or a uh, health checklist that you say this is what you need to do outside of having your answers all in in line and all the facts in place is there the person that you're dealing with the mind space the physical space that you can say here this is what i want you to do to mentally and physically prepare for this interview Sure. And that has been something all along, you know, get a good night's sleep. And I always tell people you can't cram a job search. So yes, you may find out you have an interview and have two days. So that's why I will have them do that greatest hits exercise where they just think about their competencies, think about their, um, you know, what they can, their success stories, but also Go back to that thinking of when you've been successful. Think about, you know, why you want this job, why you would be good at it. Um, pet your dog or your cat and, you know, take some time with some family members, have a good dinner and just breathe and envision yourself being successful. Because I think if you're coming at it from a place of fear, that energy is going to come off and you don't want to be arrogant. There's that nice middle ground where you are self-assured and you believe in yourself and think back to times when you have been effective before and think of why this could be a good thing. But again, your whole future doesn't depend on this. If it doesn't work out, may some something else could be meant to be for you. And it's just a lot of this is persistence and realizing it's going to be a process. There are going to be no's. And I think if you expect that there are no's along the way from not, you know, no, you didn't get to the interview or maybe the interview, you didn't get to the next round. What can you learn from it? And then just give it some time, but do your best along the way and ask for help too. And I think one time, sometimes people, they get so to the point, they don't want to talk about, it seems like everybody's having all these career successes when they're in a bit of a exploration phase or feel very unsettled. But if you talk to people, a lot of times people say, oh, I remember that's how I felt back then, or it's going to be okay. You're not always going to feel like this. I would think that everyone has their own personality as they are being interviewed, as they are going through the uh, the process of searching for a job. And I think that that's 
to me, that's valuable. I think I want to know the person, not just what they can and can't do. I want to know, can I work with you? I want to know, can you work with other people? So, you know, when we're going through all this, I still feel that the value of your own personal experience of your own values and your value system, I think it's an important piece of a job search. And I know it would be something very much that I would be looking for. Competency, of course, um, that's number one. You have to be able to execute the job, but you have to be able to bring your own personality to it. Um, And I think it's very important. So, if somebody wants to reach you, now you are working with people in all areas of, of job search and all ages, is that correct? Yes, I have been very fortunate. I have worked with about a thousand private clients over the past decade in my side business, now my full-time business, and then thousands of students while I worked at the three universities. So yes, I do everything from resume overhauls, cover letters, LinkedIn updates. And my favorite thing to do is help people with career exploration, coaching, strategy, and mock interviews, and also helping them with the offer evaluation. So if they want to go to my website, it's tjfcareercoach.com. That's T and then J is in Gene, F is in Frank, careercoach.com. And you can also sign up for a complimentary 20-minute session where we can discuss your goals and then see how I can help you long-term with the process. It's such a wonderful service that you offer and so many different avenues. You know, there's so many things that are going through someone's mind when they're looking for a job. And, you know, we have life coaches and I think career coaches is a very vital, vital thing to have be uh, to have at the table when you are trying to figure out the the minutia of how to how to land a job. So I really appreciate you coming to the show. I think it's a really important conversation. I think what you're doing is essential for so many people. So thank you, Tiffany, for joining us. Well, thank you, Kathy. I think it's so important what you're doing because we have to, it's like the old um, adage on the airplane. You have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help others. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to take care of yourself first and your health because that, you know, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have, you know, the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink, that's so important. And you have to have that before you can think about a job search. So take good care of yourself and then you will be able to be more effective. Wonderful. That's great. Great way to end the show. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us and everybody. We'll talk to you next week on the health hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.